The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week on the program is the Vice President of Engagency, a full-service marketing agency that offers a wide range of brand partnership, public relations, social optimization, ad planning, and playlisting services for its clients. He has worked on marketing campaigns for Cold War Kids, Camila Cabello, Alabama Shakes, Dave Matthews Band, and more basically my whole Spotify playlist right now. He's also a freelance writer who has been featured in BuzzFeed, HypeBot, TuneCore Blog, and Paste Magazine. And you can find out more about his work by visiting www.engage, that's N-G-A-G-E dot com. We are happy to welcome Rich Nardo onto the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Rich. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's such a joy to have you. This I love talking <laughs> to the marketing experts. I love talking to the entrepreneurs, the one who start these companies and uh, have worked with so many of my favorite artists. There's so many things for me to be excited about with this interview. So let's get right into it. First, yeah, I want to talk it. about this company that you you work for, Engagency. Can you tell us a bit about the work that you do there? Yeah, sure. So we're a 360 digital marketing agency. We work primarily in music, but we also have some athlete clients and brand clients. And basically, we have a wide array of of, um, marketing initiatives that we offer. So everything from brand partnerships to influencer marketing, social media optimization, public relations. And, you know, when we're not in a pandemic, we also do some stuff in the live space as well, like listening part parties, uh, pop-up events, that sort of thing. That's great. And those kind of organizations are more crucial than ever as indie artists continue to proliferate more in the music industry and they take charge of more of their relative components of their music career. And there's not some entertainment company or record label running those things. The role of 360 marketing companies like yours becomes all the more critical to fill those important needs for the independent musician. So I'm thrilled for the work that you do. And I know that every marketing campaign, every marketing expert like you will say that I don't have a favorite client and they're all my favorite clients. But if I had to pin you down, can you highlight one of your favorite marketing campaigns that you've ever worked on? Was there ever an artist that you're like, I can't believe I get to work on this project? Uh, so many, uh, I've been very lucky in my career. Cold War Kids was a big one for me. I was a huge, huge Cold War Kids, uh, fan for a long time, but before we started working with them and they were great to work with that an amazing team. So that was awesome. And I also grew up on a lot of like, uh, hardcore and punk and that sort of a thing. So I've gotten to work with a lot of great artists like Saves the Day, Say Anything, Foxy Shazam. So that's always been, been special for me as well. You spoke about one of the reasons why you enjoyed working with Cold War Kids is because you enjoyed working with their whole team. How important is it for an artist to have a good team around them to ensure that you can do the best possible job on the marketing side for them? Uh, I think there's two sides to that question. So if you're going to add to your team, it's important that it's a high quality individual who really believes in your music and is going to give you their all. But at the same time, I think as an you need to take your time and you things out by yourself before you start adding management or label or anything like that. 
No, that's a very critical point. It's something that uh, we talk about a lot on this podcast about, uh, you know, many artists are inclined to want to add to their supporting cast as quickly as possible. But sometimes that means you're, if you, you know, you pick the wrong person or you pick a person and you don't get them on the best financial terms, especially if it's some artist manager who's taking a big piece of your earnings and isn't uh, delivering up to what you're paying them. It's important to surround yourself with the right team. And I think partnerships are just important in general. And that's why I was really excited when I read the article that you wrote recently for TuneCore blog about partnering with influencers. The title is How Artists Can Partner with Influencers. And the timing on this article is so great because I think artists should really be exploring these influencer partnerships on projects whenever they can, especially when these partnerships allow an artist to do like some cross-media stuff if the influencer isn't necessarily a musician but works in other fields. Um, it just allows you to reach different audiences and to create art in really cool, interesting ways. And so I loved reading this article. And one of the things that I was f- first intrigued by when reading your article was your reference to this emergence of what you called micro-influencers. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit about micro-influencers. How do they differ from more traditional influencers as we tend to think of them? Yeah, so micro-influencers are kind of like uh, the next step in the evolution of what we think of as a traditional influencers. Um, influencers in general are people that you think of that have you know millions of followers and you know their posts always seem perfect. And you know a lot of the times the stuff that they're promoting seems very staged. Micro influencers may not have the overall numbers, but a lot of the times um, they're involved in a niche audience. So there's a lot better engagement. And it also, as a result of not having the huge numbers, uh, you could also get them on a lot cheaper budget. And the return is just as good as if you paid somebody with 2 million followers to do some kind of uh, post that looks more like a commercial than, than, than something that they're genuinely into and enthusiastic about. That's really interesting. We often talk on this podcast about how important it is for indie artists to maintain authenticity, to make your fans feel like they're really talking to you as an artist and they feel like they can access you. And uh, they it's not like the way it was 20 or 30 years ago where we wanted our musicians to be these mythical figures that we could see but not touch. Now people want to be able to talk to the artists that they love and really feel like they have a relationship with them. And it sounds like what you're telling me is that goes for influencers as well. And one of the strongest components of what a micro-influencer can offer an artist is the same authenticity with their fans as an indie artist should have with their fans. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, whatever you do with that influencer coming across as organic. Uh, another aspect of what we do that can kind of be tied into this is we do a lot with like lifestyle uh, publicity. So what you're talking about with that relatability between an artist and fans, we think a great way to do that is to be able to show you have similar interests. You know, you may be this very talented artist, but you're also maybe into craft brews, craft beer. So when you set up like an uh, either an interview or a podcast uh, appearance for an artist in that world, you know, you're reaching an audience that's also into that topic. And as a result, they kind of have a little bit more of an endearment towards you. And that translates into these micro-influencers as well. And that also is a big uh, category of micro-influencers influencers that we target. So we might work with like a small batch brewery to do a tasting or a small uh, brew based off of your latest single. Well, when it comes to micro-influencers, based on what you just told me, two 
big questions that I have floating around my mind right now, especially if I put myself in the shoes of an indie artist who might be considering to work with a micro-influencer, the first question would be, which ones do I choose? And the second one is, how do I contact them? How do I build those relationships? Let's start with question number one. What sort of attribute should I be looking for in a micro-influencer that would make me think this is a person that would be compatible with my music and my career and that there's a real synergy that can be built? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the big thing is making sure it's something that they're, what they're building their following around is something that you're also genuinely in, into. The second thing is making sure that their posts all get genuine engagement because you don't want to just get involved with somebody just because of their numbers and then have no return on it. Unfortunately, in the world of influencer marketing, there's not a lot to offer in terms of analytics. So all you can really go on is that uh, engagement. And the third thing is their creativity in their own posts. Obviously, the more creative they are, the more opportunity there is to do something special that might be able to live beyond your following and their following and have a little bit of a viral moment. Awesome. Now that gives rise to a sub question. So before we get to that second question, I was asking about how you reach out to these people. I want to ask a question 1A about what is the product of these micro-influencer interactions look like? So if I'm working with a micro-influencer as an indie artist, what are we creating together that the musicians fans and the micro-influencers fans are going to get to enjoy? Is it a creative project? Is it social media posts? What's the final product going to look like? It's generally social media related, but I think the sky's the limit here. Um, It could be something as simple as if you're reaching out to, say, a surf influencer, using your song as the background in one of their highlight reels that they're posting on their social media platforms for a surf video. It could be an appearance where, you know, maybe you're going live together to maybe you play a song and they ask questions, they're answering questions, something like that. It could be um something a little bit bigger where maybe you're working on some bigger collaboration that you know you'll unveil together and maybe there's other opportunities with press and that sort of a thing around that that stuff is so critical especially because indie artists are always in a position where their fans have an insatiable desire for content and so to the extent that these micro-influencer relationships can help you on the content side giving your fans more things to enjoy and consume from you that's A big win for indie artists. All right, now let's get to that second question I asked. So I asked question one, I asked question 1A, and now question two about the how. For the indie artists that have been listening to this, that like the idea of micro-influencer partnerships, and maybe have even targeted some micro-influencers out there where they say, that's somebody who could be compatible with me, do you have any advice on how to contact these people, how to interact with them, how to get the ball rolling? Yeah, um, usually there'll be a contact email somewhere if, there isn't a DM will work if you're talking about Instagram. I think it depends on the platform uh, that they're biggest on. Uh, and then when you reach out, I think the biggest thing is just to kind of come at them in a ways, way that shows that you respect what they do and that you want to do something special. And it's not just a, hey, promote my music for me, because I think that's what will get people on board. And it also comes down to like when it comes down to discussing pricing on what the what this will cost you to work with that influencer if that's an element that's included if they're excited about what you're doing and they could tell you're a genuine fan and you want to do something special a lot of times they'll be a little bit more lenient on what they require from you financially well let's talk more about that financial side because i think that's interesting 
Can you walk us through what are some of the compensation arrangements that you've seen with these uh, micro-influencers? Is it always just the artist paying the influencer? Could they work out some kind of just mutual exposure arrangement where it's, I'll promote you to my fans, you promote me to your fans, and that's sort of what we're both getting out of the deal? What have you seen in your work? Yeah, uh, so obviously... um Influencers are always happy when you can provide money, but cross promotion also helps if you have a, a decent following on socials, you know, exposing them to your fan base. And then one thing that we find works really well too, because it kind of creates a element of VIP for them is when there is live music, inviting them down to your show, putting them on the guest list, giving them drink tickets, bringing them backstage, because that that creates a special experience for them and something that kind of builds up their stature to their following as well. Man, that's such great advice. Listeners, I encourage you to check out our guest's uh, TuneCore blog article. It's entitled, How Artists Can Partner with Influencers. Our guest is Rich Nardo, the Vice President of Engagency. This has been awesome. I love learning more about this world, and I am so grateful that you took the time to illuminate us into all of this. I think for indie musicians, collaboration is critical, building networks is critical, finding creative ways to work with folks outside of music to create cool projects and to expand that your fan base is critical. And I'm glad you're hitting all those marks there. And uh, as an aside, really grateful for the work of 360 marketing agencies like yours, filling that important need for indie artists who are really in charge of their own promotion. This has been awesome. Before we let you go, Rich, one last question. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, a great question. And I think we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think a big thing is don't be in a rush to add to your team, figure out who you are as an artist, what works for you, and then find people that really believe in you. And the more you do on your own at the start, the better you're going to understand all the processes, everything that goes into it, the more involved you can be throughout your career, even if it's just making sure the people that are involved in your team are doing right by you and, and approaching things in the best manner. Yes, bringing it with the great advice. Find out more about our guest's work by visiting www.engage.com. That's the letter N-G-A-G-E.com. Rich, this has been a treat, my man. Please don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you on again real soon. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks, Ryan. It's been great to be here and uh, look forward to hearing it. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.